This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. And it is Greg Smith for Linda Swain here this afternoon for On Targus. As uh, today we actually explore a number of different things happening around the province this summer. Some great things happening over the next little while. Uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show, we'll check in with Grand Falls Windsor's Queen Street Dinner Theater. They are back under full operation post-pandemic. The Tambola Multicultural Festival is happening a little bit later on this summer. Actually, in not too long of a time from now, we'll check in with the organizers of that. And coming up in just a little while, we'll check in with the fine folks down in Cape Royal for their Come Home Year celebrations kicking off on Monday. Third time will be the try there for them post-pandemic. So we'll get all the details on all of that in just a bit. But right now, I want to start off with a couple of fellas who are joining us on the line to talk a bit about a concert series that is happening throughout this Come Home Year celebration through the Newfoundland and Labrador Irish Connections Group. We have on the line a couple of gentlemen gentlemen well involved with this the chair of course mr ralph tapper how are you i'm great craig thanks for having us and of course the director with the group mr sean sullivan also a musician and everything else sean i don't know what else to say you are but you're everything so how are you I'm good, Greg. Thanks for having us, buddy. Well, this is going to be a great little conversation because, yeah, the Newfoundland and Labrador Irish Connections, Ralph, you can give us an overview of the history of the group. But people will know you for the gatherings, I guess, more or less, back and forth every year between here and Ireland. Just give us the history of this group. Well, actually, Greg, the, the organization has been around since 2005. So we're into our 17th, 17th year, including the off-COVID years we had uh, to endure. But our, our organization is, is a non-profit community organization, and we love to share and celebrate our, our Irish culture and connections. So uh, we've got a sister board as well over in Ireland uh, doing the same thing. And uh, we, uh, well, some time ago, this, or, this uh, started off in 2005 as the Festival of the Sea. So we got some government money to, to do that. But in 2012, it was renamed the Newfoundland Irish Connections. So... Uh, We've been having what we call gatherings uh, in uh, rotating years uh, in Ireland and Newfoundland, and we bring together probably 40 to 60 travelers, uh, and we uh, visit each other's country. Uh, we, uh, it's a 10-day event uh, in three different communities, and each board, uh, we schedule all kinds of events and activities. So it's, it's a great uh, you know, exchange pretty well over the years and uh, has been working and uh, we were up to uh, 60 travelers uh, the last couple of years uh, going to, to to Ireland from Newfoundland and everybody uh, were were totally uh, you know uh, glad they they got that opportunity to visit Ireland many of them for the first time yeah, no, this group is fantastic. I've been keeping an eye on you guys since, I guess, yeah, I can't believe it's been since 2005, Ralph. Uh, yeah. Sean, let's talk a bit about the, the Come Home Year connection here for this year. Uh, obviously, you know, you guys got to do something for Come Home Year, especially with the, the Irish connections of Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, you guys are putting off a concert series through a couple of communities. Give us the details. Yeah, no problem, Greg. Yeah, Since we couldn't travel to Ireland this year, we decided to uh, have uh, four different gathering circles, if you will, and... Uh, Events around the around the Avalon, uh, starting with um, uh, next 
Saturday, August the 6th, an adult dance down in Torbay at the Torbay Common. Uh, we have a band called Kitchen Party, Jim Fien and Brew Crew all performing at that event, starting at 8 o'clock down there. Uh, then the next day, on Sunday, August the 7th, we have an Irish time in Placentia at the Sarada Sea Hall. That's starting at 7.30 p.m. And uh, in that event, we got uh, the Celtic Fiddlers, uh, Sean Ryan and Barry Davis, and uh, Kitchen Party. Again, um, headlining down there in, in Placentia. And then the uh, the following Saturday, August the 14th, in Carbonera at Petty's Garden, we have a big outdoor concert from 3 to 6 p.m. Uh, featuring the Islanders, the Bowen family, and Long Drong. And then the last event we have is uh, in September up here in my hometown of Calvert, Saturday, September the 17th, in Calvert Hall at 8 p.m., featuring Jackie Sullivan and Carla Pilgrim to finish off our uh, concert series throughout the summer. So we're, we're all over the place for the summer, so hopefully people can make it out to watch some of our events and partake. I was about to say, before you said hometown of Calvert, I was going to say, how'd you get into Calvert? I mean, who would let you in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean and, and Ralph, obviously, you got a lot of planning going into this. Ralph, it must be nice to be able to kind of I guess, stamp the organization's name on a couple of events around the Avalon again post-pandemic, because obviously the last couple of years have kind of left things in, in influx, and you weren't really sure probably where to go with it. Yeah, actually, Greg, that was our, our entire goal because, again, we were we were on the sidelines, as, as Sean mentioned, but we wanted to, you know, pr- promote our our organization because we 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 were in actually Presentia and Carbonier for our last gatherings here on, on the island, and and we had such a success out there. Uh, we you know we were planning to travel then the ne- for the next year to Ireland, and we had many people who partake or, or partook in the uh, in those from those towns, hosting families within the, you know within their homes that sort of thing. We have more than enough more than sixty to to fill our quota, you know. So that uh, that's why we're going back to these c- communities now and trying to keep the connection going and and you know spend a, a bit of money there to help out our communities. Communities. Sean, any big plans uh, for 2023? Are you looking at doing a, a bigger gathering and making the trip, or what? Yeah, actually, actually, yeah, the Ireland has reached out to us already, and they're asking the, the host again. So we're really hoping to cross the pond uh, next summer to get back to get back to the traveling overseas and and uh, reciprocating the following year back here in Newfoundland. So, yeah, that's the plan next year, Greg. Amazing. Well, of course, we want folks to be able to stay involved and stay connected with this, Ralph. Uh, The website and stuff will be, I guess, the best place to go for people to stay up to date with this year's activities and hopefully the return to Ireland next year. Yes, that's for sure. It's up on our website, but uh, apart from that, if you go into the uh, government uh, tourism de- uh, department website, there's uh, we have posters on on that as well. So it's getting lots of lots of publicity. So and and Greg, I, you know, we did we were successful in getting this come home year grant. And I just want to thank the provincial government for for making that successful for us. Yeah, there's definitely a great time. Thankfully, coming out of the pandemic for something like this that you guys are doing really for the landing come home here hey 
Uh, that's for shorter. There are so many activities in every community. I'm here in Torbay myself, and, and there's three, three months steady go. So, you know, I know it's the same all around the province, uh, and we, we really appreciate the support from our government. That's Ralph Tapper. He is the chair, of course, with Newfoundland and Labrador Irish Connections. Also on the line, Sean Sullivan, who is a director with the group. And, yes, they do have their Come Home Year concerts, the Gathering Concert Series through Calvert, Torbay, Placentia, and Carbonair throughout this summer. Guys, thank you so much for giving us an update on this stuff. Good luck with the events. Thank you, Greg. Really Thanks appreciate so much, it. Greg. Appreciate it. Yeah. Right. Thank this, you. this is on target here on your VLCM. When we come back, we're going to go back onto the southern shore with uh, the Come Home Year events out in Cape Royal. Kicking off on Monday, Andrea O'Brien joins us after the break. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. And welcome back to On Target. It's Greg Smith for Linda Swain, and we are exploring a number of things happening around the province over this next little bit. And uh, right now, going to take it to the southern shore, and as it says on their Facebook page, maybe the third time and the third try will be the charm. Come home here, of course, in Newfoundland and Labrador, but it is come home here for the town of Cape Royal. And we have on the line Andrea O'Brien, who is part of the committee for Come Home Year 2022 in Cape Royal. Andrea, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, third time, maybe the lucky time to do this. You guys have been planning this for some time. I hope this interview doesn't jinx it. But yes, we've been, we started planning in 2019. Um, so, yeah, it's been a long haul for sure. So talk a bit about the planning for this, because obviously you were going to do this before the pandemic, uh, and then that happened, and everything kind of slowed down from there, and then uh, I guess, you know, with restrictions and things, probably wasn't possible to do it. So luckily for you guys, you can get it off this year, we hope without a hitch, uh, and it's, of course, part of the bigger thing of come home year around the province, but Cape Royal certainly is a gem on the southern shore. Yes, we're the southern shore queen, and that's uh, what our logo is for come home year. Um yeah, so we, like I said, we started planning in 2019, and our schedule has remained pretty much the same. I mean, it's very much a grassroots come home year, so it's very much for people in the community and people who are visiting uh, back again. And it takes in uh, several communities, actually. It takes in uh, Cape Royal, Shore Scove, Admiralty. You know, if you were from that area, um, you kind of all kind of felt like you were one big group. Yeah, no doubt. A lot, a lot like many communities around uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, no doubt. Yes, for sure, yeah. So we said uh, we say in uh, in our Come Home Air books that if you call anywhere from the top of uh, Whitehorse down by Bricka South to the top of Cape Royal Barron's home, Come Home Air is for you. Now, I know you have a lot, and as you mentioned, not a lot has changed in the schedule since the beginning of the early planning for this. is all happening starting on Monday, August 1st, right up until the uh, 7th of August. Uh, pre-registration closed with a total of 590 people signing up. That's pretty fantastic. Uh, I'm being inundated still with uh, requests for more. So I'm thinking by the time it's over, it might be closer to 700. How do you plan for a gathering of that size, Andrew? Because clearly there's a lot that goes into it, not just trying to plan events and getting people there, but people will need to, I guess, register for certain events, get their tickets for some events. And then for you and the committee, I know you guys are working on registration kits and, and things like that. And obviously you need volunteers to put a lot of this stuff off too. So just talk about all of that and how it's all coming together. 
Yes, and we did put out a call uh, for volunteers there a couple of days ago, especially for uh, the dance we're having on the field that Saturday. We're having Dorena Harvey Band. Uh, that's probably going to be our, our biggest uh, event in terms of logistics. A lot of other events what we found in the past, um, you know, it is kind of certain people will come to certain events and not go to others. Um, like we, and we have a pop-up museum on the Monday morning and a, a memory mug-up. Uh, so that might be a lot of, uh, say, you know, the older generations might be coming to events like that. Mm-hmm. We have lots of uh, events organized. So uh, we have, uh, we partner with several groups in the community, and that helps with logistics a, a, a great deal. The Community Youth Network Southern Avalon is hosting events for youth, as well as the Recreation Committee in our community. They're hosting events for youth. Um, the church committee is hosting a couple of events at the church. They're having a youth concert at the church. Uh, they're having a quilt display at the church. Uh, the hall uh, reception group is having a brunch. So as much as we could get other community organizations involved in helping us out, that certainly helps out the committee with the overall planning. Yeah, no doubt about it. Obviously, there's a lot of planning. So how many hours, like say, for, for you, example, have you been putting into this? Because we've talked off the air, actually, about this. Cause, and thanks for, for including us. VOCM, obviously, uh, one of the sponsors you got. But not only are you guys trying to come up with ideas for, for events and register people and look for volunteers, but you're also going after sponsors. You're trying to fundraise a bit. You're trying to do so much more. Like, How much time have you guys put into this over the last number of years? Well... I would say it would almost have equal to a full-time job if you put together all of the hours that everyone has put in over the past few years, for sure. And it's all volunteer work and so appreciative uh, for those volunteers. And as you mentioned, for all the sponsors, we're so very appreciative appreciative to the sponsors as well because that kind of gave us a break on fundraising Mm -hmm. because otherwise we would have had to have had more ticket spins and and more events to kind of cover some of the costs. Um, We tried to raise as much money as we could so we could lower the cost of things that we're offering during Come Home Year be that events or um, like merchandise and things that we have so we're offering most stuff pretty much at cost uh, thanks to all the support that we've gotten from businesses and organizations like the OCM. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a phenomenal thing when you get to be able to put off a community event like this. And I can only imagine now, uh, on the Southern Shore, through Cape Roy, the queen of the Southern Shore, obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement around the folks who are living there and getting to have family come home. And I guess, you know, in, in one sense, although it had to be delayed and, and you know, you're going to try it now and finally get it off the ground, it adds a little something special to have folks come home after what we've gone through the last number of years. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's going to be a huge relief for a lot of people to be able to come home and see people again and to be able to gather again. Um, And we also, the town of Cape Royal just recently finished renovations on uh, our community centre. And I guess in a way COVID kind of helped with that because people weren't expecting the community centre to be open. But it also helped us have the community centre finished in time for this big come home here. And everyone can now come and see our our brand new, our brand new old community (laughs) centre. But uh, yeah, and and there's several other come home years on the southern shore calvert just finished up uh last week um this week is whitless bay uh and those were places that had already planned come home years too and uh in the case of whitless bay theirs was supposed to be in 2020 as well um so it's, it's going to be a, a big relief for the committees when it's when it's finished that we've been 
three years of this process now. Um, and I think it's going to be a great time uh, for everyone to get home and see family and friends again. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Andrea, let's talk a bit about some of the events where people can find details on all the events. So I know cornhole tournaments, you got a bunch of things going on. You mentioned Arena Harvey. Talk about, I guess, maybe the website where people can find all these details, ticket information, things like that. Yeah, probably the best place, actually. Uh, we do have a website where we showcase our, our sponsors, but probably the best place to find it is actually on our Facebook page because mm-hmm. that's being updated uh, on, on a daily basis now. And our Facebook page is Cape Royal Come Home Year 2022. And uh, all of our events are, are listed there, and there's um, updates on uh, you know what's happening every day. Uh, we'll... Uh, leading up to uh, Come Home Year, we'll be posting uh, daily updates and then uh, during Come Home Year itself, then we'll be having listings of things that are happening every day during that week. Well, I know when it comes to these events, uh, it's going to be nice to have everybody back together again. And I guess, you know, with all of these Come Home Years last week, this week, next week, it's nice to see a lot of activity on the Southern Shore. Yes, it's busy. I mean, it's so, usually in the summertime it's busy anyway because, you know, we, there are a lot of people on shore who are living in different places. But I think this year we are come home here uh, provincially, come home here in communities, and also the fact that it's COVID uh, restrictions have eased. It's uh, it, it's going to be on bust. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. We encourage folks to check out the uh, Facebook page. Again, Cape Royal Come Home Year 2022, kicking off on Monday, August 1st. Runs all next week. And for everybody who is home, welcome home. And if you are looking forward to having people come there, enjoy it. Andrea, I know a lot of planning. And as you mentioned, a bit of a relief now when all these events get underway. Have fun with it. Enjoy the uh, Come Home Year celebrations in Cape Royal. And thank you uh, again for your sponsorship. It's very much appreciated. Um, we'll be having d- uh, draws all throughout the week for people who are registered. And, and uh, thanks to the OCM, we're going to have some nice little prizes to give out to people. It's absolutely our pleasure. Andrea O'Brien is on the line. Cape Royal, come home year 2022 committee member. One of the many great things happening around Newfoundland and Labrador. And this is actually happening just next week. We're taking a time out here on On Target. I'm Greg Smith for Linda Swain. When we come back, another thing that's happening very soon that you might want to check out is the Tombola Multicultural Festival. We'll check in with the organizers just after this. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. And welcome back to On Target this afternoon. Greg Smith along for Linda Swain. We're exploring a number of different things happening around Newfoundland and Labrador. And this go around, we've got a pretty couple of cool things happening, actually. Uh, the St. John's Tabola Multicultural Festival is happening on the first weekend of August. And to talk all about that, as well as a weekly trade show, we are joined by uh, Zainab Jarrett. Jane Zainab is, of course, the executive director of of this festival. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Greg. Thanks so much for joining us. This uh, seems like a pretty exciting event. I know you guys have been doing this for a number of years. Before we talk about this year's festivities and what's happening during the festival, give us the history of this, the St. John's Tabola Multicultural Festival. Well, uh, the, the festival actually started as a small multicultural event uh, in 2009 uh, at Fairyland by a couple, um, Andy and uh, Nikki, uh, just to make it possible for newcomers to experience uh, like cultures and uh, uh, traditions around the in the rural communities. 
So they were having it, and newcomers would go there and perform music or dance from their cultures. And then also people from the local population will sell crafts and also participate. So it uh, started to grow, I think, for them too fast, too quick. <laughs> and they didn't expect it to be so popular. So they uh, decided to probably discontinue, if I can use that term. <laughs> and uh, we decided to uh, take over from them in 2012, and we registered it as a non-profit uh, organization, St. John's, no, Tambolo Multicultural Festival, Newfoundland and Labrador. And then we continued for two years uh, doing it both in Fairyland at the Arts and Culture uh, Center or location there, as well as at the St. John's, uh, John's Arts and Culture Center. So we're doing it in two locations from 2012, and then we decided after a year to just focus on doing it at uh, the St. John's uh, Arts and Culture Center. But then it grew so fast, <laughs> so we, we, we started uh, expanding, uh, so uh, now we are here doing it at uh, the St. John's Tambolo, doing the St. John's Tambolo Multicultural Festival at the Arts and Culture Center. Uh, and at the St. John's Farmers Market, two locations. But as an organization, we also organize events across the province. But uh, this particular St. John's uh, Multicultural Festival that will take place August 5th to 7th has been in existence, I would say, since uh, 2012. And, of course, obviously it has grown pretty fast for you guys. This year, obviously, a lot of great things happening, and I want to highlight some of those things happening. I actually believe, if memory serves, I joined you guys at uh, one of your events a number of years ago. I hosted one of your variety shows. I believe it was at the Lantern at the time uh, that that year. But you guys put off an evening concert. You have some workshops. You do a uh, food and craft fair and a variety concert to round it all out. Talk about the, the festivities from August 5th to 7th. Give us an overview of what people are going to be able to take in. Okay. On uh, August 5th, we are going to have a, a major evening concert. Uh, we are bringing uh, a, an all-female uh, Cuban-Canadian artist from Ontario. So they will be performing at the St. George's Arts and Culture Center in the, on the evening of uh, August 5th from 7 p.m. Uh, tickets are available at the Atlanta Portage Center box office. But then on Saturday, August 6th, we are going to have a variety of uh, multicultural heritage workshops, uh, including a presentation on indigenous culture, uh, presentation on Newfoundland and Labrador culture and traditions. We will have a, a presentation on uh, on global uh, cuisine. Someone would do a presentation, and then there will be sampling of uh, dishes across the world. We are not selling the food, just for people to taste uh, food from various cultures or various countries. And then we will have uh, actually a performance by Black Heritage NL as part of uh, Come Home Year 2022. They will have a music performances at the Atlanta Party Center on Saturday, August 6th. We will also have like a reading by a local author, 
as well as a reading by an immigrant author as part of the heritage or multicultural heritage workshops on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we are going to have a multicultural food and craft market uh, at the St. John's Farmers Market. The food vendors will mostly be the regular St. John's Farmers Market vendors, but we will have craft vendors who are uh, uh, regular farmers market craft vendors as well as the farmers and other uh, craft vendors who will also participate. Uh, that will be from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then uh, the same day, last uh, Sunday, August 7th, in the evening, we'll have a multicultural variety concert that will feature uh, a lot of uh, immigrant and local artists and performers, uh, music, uh, dance, and uh, all kinds of performances. Uh, it will be in the evening from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the St. John's Farmer's Market location as well. It's an amazing run of events to help, of course, celebrate cultural diversity throughout Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, before I ask you about a website and stuff, because people are going to want to go take a look at all this stuff and figure out where they're going to be able to attend, because everybody's busy these days. You do have another thing that does happen weekly. Actually, this is a continuous thing at the farmer's market as well. You want to tell everybody about your trade show? Yes, that's actually a very important uh, program or project because we want uh, a lot of newcomers to have the opportunity to start learning how to start their own businesses. So we are having every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the farmer's market, a uh, multicultural uh, uh, trade show, uh, and that includes a uh, multicultural food and craft market. Uh, again, the hot food vendors will be St. John's Farmer's Market vendors, but we also have uh, immigrant uh, craft vendors who will be there to sell and, and learn how to do business uh, here. Uh, we, we also will have um, a series of uh, workshops. We'll be having uh, employment skills uh, workshop, uh, business slash entrepreneurship skills workshops. We'll have uh, sewing classes and arts and craft classes. We'll have music and dance classes for newcomers primarily, uh, the workshops and the classes so that will help to enhance their integration into the labor market and also socially. I know this is a passion project for you and your team. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us about this. Uh, very great things that you guys are doing within our community. Obviously, we are chatting about the Tambola Multicultural Festival, the weekly trade show as well. Two big things happening in our community. Uh, Zainab Jarrett joins us, Executive Director of the Festival. Thank you so much for sharing this information with us. Before you go, can you give us the website for people to be able to check out more details on this? Yes, uh, our website is uh, slash tombolo. Awesome. We encourage folks to check it out and take it all in. Thanks again for this and for your time. Good luck with it all. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Jane, Zainab Jarrett with the Tombola Multicultural Festival joining us on On Target here this afternoon. When we come back, we're heading to Grand Falls, Windsor, and we're chatting with the Queen Street Dinner Theater. Stay tuned. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. 
I'm Greg Smith in for Linda Swain this afternoon, and we are going to head out to Grand Falls, Windsor now, the Queen Street Dinner Theater, one of the many things you can take in while traveling around the island this summer. And on the line with me right now to chat all about it is the artistic producer with Queen Street Dinner Theater, John Thompson. How are you? I am doing just super, Greg. Thanks so very much. Well, I know you guys have a lot to offer this summer, which is why we want to have a chat about it. But before we dive into this summer's offerings, John, can you give our listeners a bit of a, a, I guess, a history lesson on the theater, where it all began, where it's come to? Well, uh, our company was formed in 1997. Uh, in 1998, we produced our very, very first show. And in 1999, we produced our very first dinner theater. Uh, at that time, we were part of Swarries and Time special celebrations. And I wrote a show entitled Confederation Time, a company town's view, uh, which we performed during the summer uh, for the 50th anniversary of Confederation with Canada. And it just took off from there. So for the past 24 years, we have been at the Royal Canadian Legion on Queen Street in Grand Falls, Windsor, with Queen Street Dinner Theater. And um, we're having, we're still having fun, believe me. I can only imagine you are. Some great offerings for folks uh, this summer. Is this going to be a bit of a different summer out of the pandemic? How did the, the pandemic affect the theater, John? Well, obviously, for our first year in, um, well, 2020, uh, when the pandemic first hit, we were basically shut down. And what we ended up doing is uh, uh, continuing with the hire of our young people. And we brought them in and we worked uh, three different shows and we produced them for online presentation, and which we did. So, you know, uh, we, we really, I suppose, just kept ourselves out there. Uh, 2021, last year, we were limited to something between uh, 75 and 80 percent, and that went well for us. We were blocked all summer because our capacity is 166, and um, we were serving between 95 and 110 each and every evening. So we were extremely happy about that. Um, and this year, well, you know, um, it's crazy. People <laughs> are coming from all over the island and from away, of course, home for come home year. Um, and it's really exciting that we now can play to full houses. I can only imagine you guys are excited for it. you got three offerings, uh, John, this year. Of course, John Thompson on the line from the Queen Street Dinner Theater. He is the artistic producer. Uh, let's go through these shows that you guys are putting off. I'll start off with this one because fans of the VOCM Cabin Party will be interested in this one, the Grand Old Country Show. Tell me about it. Well, the Grand Old Country Show is our lunch show offering. Um, essentially, we began doing lunch shows two or three years into our dinner theater productions, and what we set out to do was offer a, a performance and a chance to have a meal uh, during your lunchtime. So uh, people come. We open the doors at 11.30, and um, we start the show at 12.15. We finish the show at 12.50, so people get a chance to come back. And um, the Grand Old Country Show, of course, is a mixture of grand old country music from patsy klein to tammy wynette amazing it, yeah it's a lot of fun and uh some of this stuff is choreographed and um like we even do an old marty robbins hit um el paso so oh. you know that's a lot of fun 
Yeah, that's the Cabin Party staple right there. And obviously, <laughs> uh, you guys are called the Dinner Theater for a reason. You do have some evening shows and stuff, too. Uh, a couple of different ones going on this year. This one here seems very interesting. Game On. Tell me about this. Well, Game On was conceived by our artistic director, Shirley Morrow. Um, it's really a flashback to a time when the Jones Shield was vied for each and every year, um, and it did for over 65 years, from 1934 to 1998. Um, so what happens when you put three hockey players, three cheerleaders, and a nun on the same stage? Well, anything can happen, you say. Yes, indeed, anything can happen. You know, the Joe Shield, was, there was a fierce rivalry on the ice, and there were contrasting friendships on and off the ice, even romance between, I'll say, the Catholics and the Protestants, because that's what it was all about. Um, it's a really fun show. There's lots of wonderful music in the show that you'll all remember, um, music from the late 60s and the early 70s. Awesome. Sounds great. Obviously a great little recollection, recollection uh, show, too, for, for those in the area, uh, you know, especially during Come Home here. Well, absolutely. And Game On has been assisted through the Come Home Year Fund. And uh, we're happy to be able to produce this this year uh, during our summer presentation. It's going over really well. Lots of uh, locals coming. And as a matter of fact, the people from away come and they really enjoy themselves because, you know, laughter and comedy is really universal. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, let's roll into this final one. This one here catches my eye, and it's why I say it for last. Uh, if I'm in the area, I'm coming in to see this one, John. I'll tell you right now. Let's take you back to London of 1967. British-American rock band Fleetwood Mac gets formed. You guys are going to pay tribute to them. We are, and we have 22 of their greatest hits. Uh, Don't Stop, it's called, and uh, it is a tribute to Fleetwood Mac. And we go from Dreams to Rhiannon to The Chain. Um, it's just a extravaganza. Uh, and the voices in this show are absolutely fabulous the harmonies and everything was it has been worked you know really really hard uh to make sure that we capture this true sound of fleetwood mac so if you get out this way and come to see our fleetwood mac show or any of our shows game on or grand old country we really strive to make it like the authentic sound of the day um, and over the years, we've been reasonably successful with it. Yeah, it sounds like a great spot to go check out. And obviously, John, while I got you on the line, we're talking about the shows, and obviously all of that is, is enticing enough to come through the doors. But the food, we got to talk about that too, right? I mean, there is an offering of food here with all these shows too. Well, there is. And each and every night we offer a combination of fish or chicken. So it could be salmon or stuffed chicken on one night. It could be cod and stuffed chicken on another or cod, salmon or roast beef on another. Um, and in order to find out what we're serving on a particular evening, you can go to our website, queenstreetdinnertheater.com. Of course, you can also make your reservations and find out which night you want to come and um, each and every t night the menu is slightly different so you can wade yourself through that and uh, make a decision on your favorite combination
And we encourage folks to do just that and check out the website, get your tickets, and come see the Queen Street Dinner Theater. I know it's always a lot of fun. John Thompson, I really appreciate you taking the time to share some more about it with us. And hopefully the summer goes well. I know you said lots of people coming, and we hope those people still keep coming right through. When do, I guess how long do you guys run for? That's a question for you. Uh, well, our, our season is reasonably uh, short. Um, we run uh, up until August the 18th. A lot of our um, performers are university-aged, and um, they, of course, have to go back to school, so we give them a little bit of time beforehand. So if they're not running around uh, trying to get ready, you know, in two or three days, we give them some time. So, um, so yeah, so we open on July the 7th, and we close on August the 18th. Nice. And we hope to see lots and lots more people come out to an experience. Probably one of still Newfoundland's best-kept secrets, Queen Street Dinner Theater. It's not a secret any longer, buddy. It's out there across the province right now. John Thompson, thanks for this again. Uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you so much, Greg. It's been a pleasure.